Hey everyone, Daniel here. I wanted to talk about something pretty important before we get into this week's episode. Uh, one of the things that we strive for here on STT is to be as thorough and meticulous as possible when it comes to uh, characters making their first and last appearances on the show. Uh, now normally this isn't something that's difficult for us to do, uh, but this week's episode is a little bit different. This week's episode marks the final appearance of nurse Wendy Goldman, played by actress Vanessa Marquez. Uh, Vanessa, as you may know, tragically passed away in 2018, and in the time leading up to her death, uh, made some pretty serious allegations regarding her experience on ER. Uh, we're not going to get into the details here. Uh, it's all out there on Google if you want to read up on it for yourself. Uh, but we felt that since Vanessa is not here to speak for herself or to provide us with any further contacts, we felt that it was not our place to spend any time speculating or attempting to draw any conclusions uh, of our own about what it was she experienced. So as a result, other than brief mentions when her character is involved in storylines this episode, uh, we won't be discussing her situation any further. But at the same time, we don't want to diminish Vanessa or the impact that she had during her time on the show. So we wanted to take this opportunity now to just recognize Vanessa's contributions to the show and extend our uh, heartfelt sympathies and condolences to her entire family and the rest of the extended ER family as well. So with all that out of the way, we will now get into this week's episode, episode 19, Calling Dr. Hathaway. Welcome to another episode of Setting the Tone, an ER retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 19, which is titled Calling Dr. Hathaway. The episode aired on April 24th, 1997. Lauren, what was going on that week 24 years ago? As Peyton Manning decides to stay in college for his senior year, the 1997 NFL Draft kicks off with the St. Louis Rams selecting offensive lineman Orlando Pace first overall. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams and was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016 after a 13-season career. Game of Thrones star Maisie Williams is born in Bristol, England. Anaconda holds onto the box office crown for a second consecutive week, and Can't Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy featuring Maze continues to be the number one song. And for what else was on TV that evening, at 8 p.m. we had Friends uh, with the episode The One with the Screamer. At 8.30, Suddenly Susan had the episode A Boy Like That. At 9 p.m., we do have a significant Seinfeld episode this week, Lauren. Uh, Seinfeld checked in with the yada yada Yes. Definitely one of the classic later season Seinfeld episodes for sure. Uh, at 9.30 p.m., uh, Fired Up checked in with the episode Who's the Boss? And for viewers this week, we had 33.6 million viewers tuning in up just slightly from last week's episode. This week's episode is directed by Paris Barclay doing his second of three episodes. Uh, the previous one of his that we talked about from this season was Ask Me No Questions, I'll Tell You No Lies. And this week's episode was written by the team of Neil Bear, doing his 10th out of 18 episodes. Uh, previous ones of his we did included Who's Happy Now, uh, Ask Me No Questions, I'll Tell You No Lies, and Ghosts. Uh, Jason Cahill, doing his last of three episodes that he would write. Uh, previous ones of his that we did uh, this season were Fortune's Fools and Don't Ask, Don't Tell. 
and Samantha Howard Corbin doing her third of seven episodes that she would write. Uh, ones from hers that we talked about this season were Homeless for the Holidays and Last Call. And from the corrections department, I did tease at the end of last week's episode that we would be getting a new semi-long-term character this episode, but I was wrong, and it's actually next week that we will be getting her, so apologies for yeah, that. Yeah, we thought a lot of things were going to happen this week that we, actually happened next week. We goofed. Oh, well. That's what we do here at Saying the Tone of New York Retrospective. We are the goofs. Huh. We sure are. <laughs> if only you could see Lauren's face right now. <laughs> Uh, but we're getting into the episode this week. Uh, we got our previous one with Carrie, and uh, we opened the episode proper with Doyle's uh, going into a dark office. She's and she sits down on Carter, who's asleep on a bed, and uh, Carter takes her stethoscope when she says it's oh yeah it's six thirty, and she's like oh fuck oh god oh god I'm Ansel's gonna fucking kill me and uh, runs out of the room. So yeah, we have Mark getting R- Rachel ready for her day, and he's he's playing best dad of the year again. He- She's playing with Nikki, her dog, while dressed in her brownies uniform. And he goes, oh, you're in your brownies uniform. I was supposed to talk to your troop today. Didn't take that time off. So he says he'll make it up to her by them going to Six Flags on Saturday when his day off comes up. Dad of the year, 1997. (laughs) Yep, those brownie outfits. Although, hey, Six Flags, not a bad, you know... If you're going to be disappointed in your father, at least he's going to take you to Six Flags. <laughs> I didn't have that luxury. Hey, you were closer to Cedar Point. Not by much. That's fair. <laughs> you're like half. You're like halfway between here and. It's like a four and a half hour drive. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Still, that's because you got to come down the mitten. It's closer than the six six hours than it is from here. I don't know. I've never driven to Cedar Point from here. No. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Everyone go to Cedar Point. Everyone go to Cedar Point Cedar... when it's safe to do so. It's Cedar delightful. Point is superior. Yes. Yes. Real, yeah, like Spirit, real ones go to Bush Gardens, right. Williamsburg, because that was my home hometown theme park. Ah. Real ones go ah. there. We no. we skipped past Michigan's Adventure and went right to Cedar Point. We were like, nah, no discount Cedar Point. We're gonna go right to yeah. Six Flags Gurney was my was my childhood. Is that the one you want to take me to? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we go from there to Carter joining uh, Anspa and the team for rounds. And Dale is back this episode, and boy, is he ever back. Uh, he's back Yikes. with a, a gaggle of students that we have never seen before, and most of which we will never see again. And uh, Anspa drills him with questions, uh, just clearly still sticking it to Carter uh, after the events of last week's episode. So get ready to get ready to feel Carter's despair this episode. And uh, Doug is starting off his day by chasing Carol down from the L platform, and let's see what he has to say. Hey, Carol. Hey. Good morning. Says who? Oh, guess I'm not going to ask how your day's going. Got my MCAT results. And? I never should have taken the test. I don't know what I was thinking, you know? Uh, that you wanted to be a doctor? Why didn't you talk me out of it? How bad did you do? I don't know. Haven't opened it yet. You nuts. You got to open that envelope. No, I'm just not in the mood for any bad okay, news. Okay, I know. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll open that envelope. Doug, give it back. Hey, does anybody have a letter opener here? Doug, don't you dare. (laughs) Good morning, Dr. Einstein. Einstein. Excuse me? I guess we'll have to move fast to beat out the other med schools. What? Your MCATs. I'm on the admissions committee. They sent us your scores. Better open it up. Look, don't consider the Ivy League until you've taken a good look at our program. We'll talk later. Maybe lunch, huh? Oh, my God. 85th percentile. Oh, my God. Looks like Carol Hathaway's going to medical school. <laughs> that laugh. 
that la- that was that was maybe the best Clooney chuckle we have had to date. That that, that was and almost, it's gonna be a hard one to beat. That was almost a Clooney guffaw. <laughs> yeah, that came from deep inside. Yeah, that was a good one. Channeling all of the Doug Ross energy possibly could into one singular laugh that set off a chain of events that led us here today. <laughs> Okay, um, and I also want to do a little continuity note here, and you guys can correct me on what episode this happens in, but the um, colored schedule board that everybody was rolling their eyes about so early on in one of the second or third season attendings meetings, it's it's been implemented. It's, it's working fine. It's up here now, and nobody's complaining about it. So yeah. I just noticed that. Uh, yeah, to... Carol the Genius. How about that? No, I, you know, I'm so... This is the central focus of this episode, obviously the Carol potentially becoming a doctor thing coming to kind of its conclusion. And, um, you know, this is, it's a storyline. We've, we've talked a little bit about it. We haven't talked really in depth about it up till now. Um, but like, I'm glad this story ends the way it does. I think it was ultimately the right decision to keep, uh, Carol as a nurse, um, as we've mentioned before, they'll they'll go on to repurpose this storyline later on for Abby, uh, but and for her, I think it does work. Um, but for Carol, yes, I think, for, for Abby, it was the right call. But for this storyline, I think it was better. Everybody, everybody was better served by leaving things the way they were. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with with Abby's storyline. Absolutely, she makes a fantastic deer in the headlights med student, mm-hmm. and eventual like actually getting her shit together. Well. At least in terms of medical stuff. Yeah. Plus she like she's like that anchor for that group, for that mm-hmm. group of medical students with like Neela and yeah, all and, the other random ones. Not to take anything away from her as a character. I mean, I know we're we're spending a lot more time talking about Abby than we are Carol, but not to take anything away from her as a character. I never found Abby that compelling, or compelling or interesting as a nurse. Um, I, feel, ah, okay. I feel like when she's a nurse, she's not really that interesting. And then once they transition her into, like you said, medical student and doctor, her character becomes infinitely more interesting. Um, whereas with Carol, I think Carol is perfectly self-sufficient uh, character-wise as a nurse. I don't, I don't think you needed to make Carol a doctor in order to make us care about her. I think we were already there. Um, so it just seems like a superfluous bit. And, that, and that's what, that was what the conclusion that they came to, too. But I also think, and this kind of goes along with how everybody talks about, like, oh, they prefer the original eight to, like, the later seasons. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same with the nurses. Like, when you talk about everybody's iconic nurses, they complain about Sam, they roll their eyes at Abby, and they talk about how Halle and Lydia were tops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's kind of that same thing. But plus, I also think they... They make Carol a much stronger figure on her own with her nursing storylines mm-hmm. than they ever do with Abby. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they definitely have spent a lot more time developing Carol's character um, outside of just being a nurse. And um, that has served her very well. And it was we should also point out, too, how what a um, significant role Juliana Margulies played in getting this storyline cut off because this was this was brought to her as we want to feature you more on the show we we think you're that important to the show that we want to feature you more so we're going to make you a doctor and she pushed back on it and was like i don't think that's Mm. true i don't think that's true to carol hathaway's character i think she would be perfect i don't think she would need to be a doctor in order to be happy i think she would be perfectly um perfectly satisfied with being a nurse and wouldn't think anything less of it so 
it, it, it's a testament to kind of her instincts as well that, you know, they're, they're basically saying, we want to give you the world. We want to like push you as one of the main stars of the show. Uh, and here's an easy way to do that. And she's like, no, I think I can do this on my own without having to go the extra step that might betray something that's true to my character. So kudos to her as well. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. Um, so then we go in with our bangs. I feel like if any, episode this season would have been good for a tinkle twinkle it would have been that i don't know why i want to say tinkles um because it's silly yeah but anyway i think if anything had been like light enough and jovial enough to come in with the twinkles it yeah. would have been that if it, if it hasn't happened by now i don't think it's going to happen at all this season i think we're going to go over for the season watch now next episode one of the most dramatic ones of the season we <laughs> that'll be the twinkles. one yeah. um but yep then we find out carrie put mark on the schedule for saturday and he can't get out of it because he approved the vacation time for the other doctors that he would swap with and he can't swap with carrie because she's working the night shift so he's blown it twice womp, womp. good job dr dad so then we go from there. We see Benton and Carla uh, at Carla's place testing her blood sugar, showing her how to do it, blowing way too fast through all the instructions. Uh, we, we overhear that a nurse is bringing her insulin uh, by a little bit later. And then Benton uh, looks at the time and is like, I got to go. And Carla is incredulous at this and is like, already? And just immediately starts giving him the culture. Uh, so... Uh, byline subtitle for this whole episode is Carla fucking sucks. <laughs> Carla, yeah, Carla is the absolute worst this episode. Uh, she gets mad at him for having to leave, and it's like, dude, you froze him out forever. You don't really get to be mad at this. Like he's he's like, doing his best here. And like, talk about a self fulfilling prophecy. If you're gonna complain about it and freeze him out, you can't get mad when he's not gonna be there at every moment. And on top of that dude has a job so he can choose to support your son right yeah it, it's oh god she like she's been bad this season uh like we've we've talked about a lot that you know her character goes pretty far downhill very quickly um but this she, this is a, a new low she's been ambivalent now she's just awful yeah and we hear a potential reason for that a little later on that i'm not gonna spoil but um yeah i no, this this was one of the reasons why this whole episode, I was just like, oh, is this done yet? <laughs> um, and after that, uh, Jerry tells Carol that she has puke to clean up in curtain area three as he's setting mouse traps. And she says that's reason enough to go to med school. <laughs> and they're talking about the the mouse that Jerry saw and is trying to catch. And Carrie's like, sounds like Heidi, uh, one of the lab rats from upstairs who's worth half a million dollars if found alive, but worthless if it's dead. And also, if it's actually Heidi. I want to point that out. Like, yeah. that was my thought was, oh, they're going to catch it and it's the wrong mouse. Yeah. And it is, I think she says a $5,000 reward. I have no idea. Something like that. I think, yeah, uh, yeah, think 5000 sounds right. But then Doyle, we get a lot of Doyle and Carter this episode. So Doyle comes in, asks Carter how rounds went, and he's notes that he's been sent down to the ER again as punishment, and he's working in the lounge and he just he's going to show her how to use the I I can't say this word right now. Laparoscopic? Mhm. Yep. Okay. And he's showing her how to use the laparoscopic machine and like the little tiny robot hands <laughs> trying to stack dice. And like he is he's holding from holding her from behind and like they're setting it up like when you have somebody show you how to do a golf shot. Yeah, they're like they're trying to show that Carter's got a little crush. 
but he knows she's gay at this point, right? They went, yeah. They went oh, he to totally the, does. They went to the they, shooting they, range together. They right. Yeah, no, saw they her wink at it later in this. They totally wink at it later in this episode. Yeah. Um, and then we see Genie's with a patient. Uh, room is totally dark except for her scope because she's lo- except for her scope light because she's looking for a small fish bone stuck in the patient's throat. And Jerry bursts in with turning back the lights on, looking for the damn mouse. And Genie turns the light back off and gets back to the exam. Just. <laughs> Just like, just like a Jerry, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Genie and Jerry in this episode have some of the yeah. best comedic interactions. Yeah, this is a, this is a nice Genie funny episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't get too many. We don't get enough of those, I think. Yep, and then Carol is talking to Doug because he is her kind of listening shoulder for this episode. Um, she asks him, you know, how much med school was and if he's paid it off yet, and he says, yeah. "Oh no, it was a hundred and ten grand. I'll be paying it off for fifteen years." Like. Shit's not going anywhere. Student loans are a bitch and a scam. So then we get our first uh, trauma patient of the episode being brought in, a young boy named Joel. Uh, he's unresponsive. Uh, he's he's accompanied by his mother named uh, Andrea Thompson. Uh, and he she's kind of got reading off the laundry list of uh, issues that little Joel's got here. Uh, he's got a hypoplastic uh, heart uh, arrhythmia, not arrhythmia, that, that's not the right word, but like deformity, maybe it would be the yeah. way to say it. Um, but in any event, uh, mom, like I said, names Andrea Thompson. She's played by actress Cynthia Martells, who uh, had credits in things like Nurse Betty, Gattaca, and Regarding Henry, among other things. Um, they let her stay in the trauma room with them at first, but told, tell her to stay back. And um, But Doug, who's running the trauma, is not really pleased with her being in there. He's complaining that she shouldn't be in there, that it's going to get messy. And so uh, eventually uh, Carol does kind of escort her out and, but does make a very personal connection with her. And she, this is going to be one of the kind of central, central relationships in this episode is between these two. Yeah. And Doug also notes like, or she's essentially asking a bunch of questions while she's in there. And it just got to be really distracting from Doug's point of view. For sure. Um, but then again, Carter and Doyle are working with Benton on a gunshot trauma patient that's been brought in, and Carla calls with an emergency. Benton says it will have to wait for a minute, so he'll go call her back. And Carter got an idea how to fix the bleeding from something he read in People's Magazine, so that's, they're like, oh, great job, Carter. Um, but then Anspa won't let him scrub in, even though he was the one who stabilized the patient because he's still in the doghouse. So he, Anspaugh, note note to make here, he tells Dale to take the patient history and for Carter to go clean up. Yeah. And Carter did a really slick little maneuver, like putting like a Foley catheter into the gunshot wound and filling it with a little saline to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to, it was really cool to watch. Uh, but then we go back to the little boy and Lauren. Whose films are those? <laughs> Do uh, such a weird slow zoom onto the mom and then onto the little boy, and Doug's giving him a chest tube to fix the collapsed lung, and mom is, you know, justifiably horrified and asking for information and calling Carol by name. Uh, Carol takes takes her into the hall to explain what's going on. And I only noted the name thing because she does it so much. Yeah, it's like when they talk about how you're when you try to like brainwash somebody that you use their name repeatedly, so subconsciously <laughs> they feel like heard and connected to. So like every other sentence, she ends it with Carol. Yeah, and, I mean, and Carol. Carol made the initial. I think it's. I think it's intended to illustrate Carol's, um, like higher acuity for patient comfort. 
uh, mm-hmm. because the first thing she does when they bring the patient in is is not to assess Joel, but it is to introduce both herself and Doug to the mother, like because she wants the mother to feel comfortable and feel like she's capable of giving all the information that they're going to need. So it is a really good little little subtle piece of the puzzle of Carol the nurse versus Carol the potential doctor. Um, For sure, I, I think it's I think it's a good good little moment. Um, but we go from there uh, back to Jerry, who has bought humane traps for the mouse, which, you know, a little bit selfish because he wants the $5,000 reward. But, you know, also good on you, Jerry. Uh, he's going to try and catch it. And uh, Wendy just explains, you know, why they can't get an exterminator, because obviously they need to keep the mouse alive. Uh, and But before we have any time to uh, absorb any of that, we get uh, our next patient coming in, a woman coming in with a bucket stuck to her ass. Uh, very strange little comedy beat patient that we'll dig a little bit deeper into in just a moment. Uh, but we go right back out of that, back to little Joel, who is uh, now stabilized and should wake up soon. Uh, and Carol promises that she will uh, come get uh, Andrea once Joel wakes up. So, and again, they're still doing the name thing back and forth. Carol, Andrea, Carol, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, Doyle and Carter are doing a cast for someone, and Doyle mentions that all surgeons are too cutthroat and she doesn't want to be a part of it. And she asks if Carter can go get some crutches in the hall, and I want to note that at 1345, as he turns to leave, <laughs> there are crutches right there in the room behind him. I was really proud of myself for catching this on my own. I told Daniel, and he let me know that it was listed in the IMDb goof section. So, <laughs> um, you still you still caught it on your own. Like it's you should yeah, be proud. But of I yourself. was so yeah. We're still uh, proud of you. I Lauren. thought I had discovered something new. <laughs> we love and appreciate you, regard, regardless of contributions may have already been made to the IMDb <laughs> right. before rats um but yeah so they're they're on the back wall he goes into the hall to get the comfy crutches though um and benton is on the phone out in the hallway by where the crutches are and we find out carla needs insulin because her nurse didn't show and i personally am under the conspiracy theory that she called and canceled on the nurse so benton would have to come help her Mm. but Benton That's, leaves to go take care of her. It's possible. That seems like a thing that Carla would do. Just yeah. based on the banana sandwich crazy she's acting this episode, I would not have put it past that, her. That seems very on brand for Carla. Then uh, Hale and Mark are going to work on the bucket butt lady. Um, and <laughs> I'm so glad I wasn't drinking. <laughs> um, and uh, so it turns out that her and the man that she is with are not married, but you know the man being Kent Brockman, I can't, you know... <laughs> See, you say Kent Brockman. I think Mr. S- Mr. Burns. Oh, does Harry? Sh- I, I, he, the only he does vo- a voice bazillion I- name or a bazillion voices on The Simpsons. That's yeah. That's why you hear so so many of the main characters. They're starting to dwindle. How much you hear them? Because Harry Shearer is only like, I want to work a yeah. certain number of hours. So he mm-hmm. just like refuses to do certain yeah. voices more than like once. So where else may we know Harry Shearer from, Daniel? So yeah, Harry Shearer, as we've kind of alluded to here, his most by far his most iconic role is that of uh, one of the main voice cast member voices on The Simpsons. He does uh, like. We've talked about Mr. Burns, Kent Brockman. I mean, just go look at the list. There's a billion of them. Uh, but he was also in movies like Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, uh, and Truman Show, amongst many others. He's got 174 credits to his name uh, all time. 
Uh, and then Bucket Butt Lady here is also played by another Oh Hey, It's That Person, an actress named Julie Haggerty, who appeared in movies like Airplane, uh, Marriage Story, the Netflix movie from last year or the year before, possibly. It's, time is, has no meaning. Uh, and Just Friends. 2019. 2019. Okay, so year before yeah, last. Yeah, because it was nominated at the Oscars last year. There we so. go. So, yeah. Uh, so she's a, a, not maybe not as much of an Oh Hey, It's That Person as he is, but she's still definitely very recognizable. And it's... Like this is a these are two very like semi really famous people like I would say they maybe aren't like a a list like say a Sally Field that we would get in year in seasons later, um, but they're pretty famous and they're in this episode as just this nothing comedy patient that really doesn't go anywhere or move the story along in any meaningful way. But it's a good I don't use know if them. I would have. I don't know if I would have caught that it was Harry Shearer without Lizzie pointing it out. Like, when, once Lizzie said it, I was like, oh, yeah. But, like, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, A, the voice, and then B, because I know it's Harry Shearer because he also plays a semi-major character in one of the worst, best worst movies of the 90s, the Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. <laughs> oh, gosh. Play- there's a lot so of which uh, I've seen since crossover in Godzilla, too. Isn't Nancy Cartwright? There in is, yes. Which, uh, no, it's, um, ah... Julie Kavner? No. Uh, Yardley Smith? No, no, guy names. Oh. Uh, Dan, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria, yes. Hank Azaria, Hank Azaria is one of the main characters. Um, yeah. I'm proud of how many uh, Simpsons voice actors we just named <laughs> off. That was pretty good. Yeah. And also, if you haven't seen Airplane, please, for the love of God, is the it is by far the funniest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and it's from the 70s, and it holds up ridiculously well. No, no. They did a scientific study that it has the most jokes crammed in per minute of any movie ever, and it get, that elicits the most laughs. That's measured. I cannot shrug any harder. <laughs> Are, is that shrugging because you don't get it, like you haven't seen it, or is it shrugging because it's, you saw I it and you don't get it? Like I saw it once. It was a comedy, but like okay, like I laughed, but <laughs> okay. Don't call me Shirley Lauren. Yeah, you and your father make that joke all the time, and I've just learned to live with it. It was um, one of my, It's one of my dad's favorite movies, so obviously I watched it a ton growing up. So then Carter is working on in surgery recovery, and the gunshot patient has a swollen tongue, and it's a potential allergic reaction, and goes into respiratory arrest, and says that they need to pull Dale out of surgery to talk as soon as possible. Um, and then we go back to the little boy Joel wakes up and Chuni is there to soothe him. They, um, and as Carol's going to get in to go see him, Carrie has a great case for Carol and Carol says she has to push meds, which Carrie responds, let the nurses do that, which is Carrie's like subtitle. This whole episode is just let the nurses do that. Like you're, you're a future med student now. Let the nurses do that. Establishing that hierarchy. Doctors are doesn't care doesn't Carrie do this like with more than just uh with more than just Carol? Yeah, she does it with Abby too. Yeah, I was gonna say she doesn't she do it with Abby and like some other and some other person I mean, yeah, too I mean, down it, the line. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like I said, they've made it uh, they've made it pretty clear over the years that the the Abby becoming a doctor thing was one hundred percent because they didn't get to do it with Carol and they were desperate to turn a nurse into a doctor and so I would not. But it would not like, shock me at all if they took similar story beats and just laid them right over top of it. For someone who is as by the book as Carrie normally is, you would think that she would have some, you know, thing because like I'm sure the hospital insurance is oh, yeah. not covered Considering if she fucks up 
something with considering how much she freaks out on abby when she didn't make her student payments and like wasn't technically enrolled but was still a working nurse there and she was like no you can't you can't yeah and freaked out when luca had her do a procedure when she was a nurse even though she knew how to do it because she was a med student yeah so like yeah that (laughs) are you mean to tell me that there are inconsistencies in carrie weaver's character (laughs) no (laughs) it's more likely than you think Uh... So uh, we go from there back to Carla's place where Benton has arrived, uh, showing her how to inject the insulin. Uh, Lauren appears to have a technical note about this. A.K.A. the ninth circle of hell. Carry on. <laughs> no, I have a, I will say I have a quip with the, uh, the poor steril- sterilization technique on the site, just like not washing your hands before and or using any sort of alcohol hand sanitizer or anything. And using and like just like dabbing with the um, with the alcohol wipe, you're supposed to make you're supposed to like start in the center and then just do like big uh, gradual circles, you know, circles out so that way you have a nice sterile site. So no matter where you poke that needle in, you're going you're going someplace that's sterilized. This is why I let Lizzie do any shots this, in this house. Yeah, this is what happens when you inject yourself with estrogen once a week for years. So I know these things. There you go. Uh, and I, I also wanted to note that Carla also seems miraculously cured of her needle phobia uh, that, we, uh-huh. that we mentioned two or three episodes ago, whatever it was at this point. Uh, because the last time we saw her around a needle, she had to be coaxed through it with an erotic fantasy by Jeannie <laughs> in order to get herself through one shot. And now, very true. Now it's like, you can tell she doesn't really want to do it, but it's like, I think that's more of a like emotionally manipulative thing than it is that I don't like needles thing. Like she, she doesn't make it clear that she's scared of the needles. It's more so that she just wants to have control over Benton here. But in any event, uh, Benton's like clearly anxious to get back to work and get out the door and, Carla immediately goes back on her bullshit and is like complaining that he has to go back to work and is like, Oh, you suck. You're, you're going to be a deadbeat, whatever. And is like, it's fine. I'll go to the grocery store myself. And like, even though she's not supposed to be on her feet and not supposed to be, you know, whatever. And she's just playing the dude so hard here. It's not, it's, it's rare that you can really make me feel sorry for Benton, but this episode manages to do it. Like it really does. Like, she was already on shaky water before this episode, with, in our opinions. Yeah. But... I, I do. I want to like her. I, I want to like her character, and yeah. it's just not going to happen. And I feel so bad, because they could have done so much with her character for Benton that wasn't the crazy pregnant lady storyline, mm-hmm. and instead this is what they go with. Yeah. And I hate that I hate her so much. It's just, like, I hate how much I hate... Um, Jennifer. Jen Green. Yeah. yeah. I hate, I was trying to, I was going to say Jen, but I was like, I don't want Nurse Jen to think <laughs> I hate her. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's like the show, they do such a good job writing these cliches that they make me actively like, ugh, to these women. But it's really true. Eh, it's true though. Like you think about it, like Jen, Jen Green, Carla, again, I know my issues with her were more personal or more like, more pronounced than yours both of yours but going Mm -hmm. back to season one linda farrell like they don't they don't really do a very good job of fleshing out tertiary female characters in the show like they're you really it's it's hard to find an example of a really well-written well-done tertiary female character up to this point 
listeners, if you think of one, please tell us. Yeah, and don't and don't give me like because I know there are better ones that come along later on, but like I want a like season one through three example of a, a well written, well rounded tertiary female. No, not somebody who's one of the main cast, but like we see them every every so often. I think Nina might be one. Good example. Yeah, good example. But yeah. I would my counter to that would be that that really only starts to take effect as she's on the way out the door because like this is probably her best appearance this episode, um, mm-hmm. and she's got one left. Like <laughs> she has Aww. one left after this, and then she's gone forever. So it's like, ugh, like we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't have a, a well-written, well-rounded tertiary female character and not have her disposed of after six episodes it just sucks she's got all that all that she's filthy with that twister money <laughs> that's, so, that's the reference we're gonna keep going back and then to go, every time and then going on to still standing after this with with mark headley yeah no i always mess up his name either way robert baratheon from game of thrones anyway uh we have next audio for you is uh carter conf- having a little mini confrontation not too long of one but uh over dale with his uh mistake what happened anaphylaxis he almost died what did you give him post-op uh NSAF. he's allergic to it what he's allergic to the antibiotic you gave him didn't you take a history i thought you took one don't give me that crap Anspa told you to do it. Oh, I took a full history. Patient never mentioned any allergies. Then why is this space under allergies blank? You better think of an answer, Dr. Edson. Anspa's gonna want one. Dark side Carter strikes again. Yeah, um, Carter made the mistake of showing him that damn form. Trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. No, he's not. He's trying to say, I gotcha. Uh, I mean... That's a gotcha voice. It is voice. a little bit, but I mean, like, a, a, a wiser, more streetwise Carter would have, like you said, would have just gone straight to the sort, like, would have gone straight to Anspaugh with it. He wouldn't have given him the opportunity to explain himself. Or he would have called, he would have called Dale and Anspaugh yeah. in. So then Bucket Woman and her man, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, I feel bad we didn't write their names down, but honestly, this is such <laughs> a CD plot that it just wasn't worth trying to rewind and find where they mentioned their names. Um, but they're in a closet doing something that Mark can't quite see because it's through frosted glass and it looks weird like she's giving him something in his nose, but we can't see what it is. So Mark creeps on this and watches and then kind of shakes it off, goes about his day, but he's on to them. Um, and then Carol and Carrie are examining the patient with the pseudocyst that Carrie wanted Carol to look at. And the woman keeps complaining of pain while Carrie is jabbing her in her abdomen, feeling around and going, no, don't you feel it? And Carol is like, not quite. And so, like, they just keep jabbing at this poor woman's stomach while Carol's feeling around for this cyst. Um, and then Chuni runs by with um, some units of blood for Joel. And Carol, like, jumps to go back into his trauma. And Carrie yells after her, like, oh, but I wanted to teach you how to do an ultrasound. It's almost like Carol shouldn't be doing this exam on this patient. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Huh, who would have thought of that, that she's not at all qualified to, to look for a pseudocyst? Anyway, but uh, Carol takes the mom to the trauma, and even though Doug tells her not to, and they come right, come right in as Doug is pronouncing the young, the young child. And Jesus, the silence that follows that is just ice cold. And the 
it's so well shot too like the the reaction shot that she like the take that she does like she dissolves into just like i mean it's i can't do i can't put it into words the the performance that this actress gives it's it's just pick like absolutely perfect for the moment yep um and then we have Doug and Carol are talking about the case, and Carol says, I should have been there, but I was off with Carrie, appreciating assist. Yeah. And uh, Carol goes to talk to Andrea, and let's listen to their conversation. Andrea, I'm so sorry. I called the mortuary, they're on their way. What am I going to do with all this clothes? I can give them to my sister. Would you like to see him? Hold him one last time. The doctor closed his wound. I have to make a call. The call can wait. Andrea, I know this is hard. But I've learned that parents need to say goodbye. I'm not crying. You're crying. It's very strong work by Carol. Like Carol, Carol's, mm-hmm. Carol's having a, like, this is a mess, of, a little bit of a mess of an episode tonally, but Carol's having a good one. Uh, but then we have Jeannie and Wendy are working on a patient, giving him stitches and kind of sanitizing his wound, and they see the mouse. And as they see the mouse, Jeannie's foot gets stuck in one of the humane traps, and she limps out of the room saying she's going to kill Jerry, <laughs> which I absolutely adore. Understandably. And, yeah. And then Anspa approaches Carter about the gunshot wound victim and the allergic reaction and says that there was nothing to be done since the patient did not disclose an allergy. And it turns out that Dale updated the chart after Carter spoke to him to cover his own ass. Ethics in this episode. In this economy? Nah. Nah. Localized entirely within this county general (laughs) hospital. (laughs) May I see them? Nope. But uh, Andrea's uh, saying goodbye to Joel and Carol gets him situated in a private room so she can just hold him for as long as she needs to. And she says, take all the time you need. Not the strongest work from the prosthetics department on uh, dead baby Joel here. <laughs> she is. He looks. He looks like he come out. He looks like he comes out of the closet of babies. I believe he did come from the closet of babies because uh, she's basically she's holding a cabbage patch doll. Like it is. He's a little bit too big. To he has. Yeah, yeah, he has grown in size for a two. He has grown in size dramatically and uh, is plastic. <laughs> it's like it, it you know it's like the 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 meme baby that uh bradley cooper was holding in that american sniper movie from a few years ago like yeah it was, it's, oh, it was a similar Christ. type visual like she's just holding a baby doll but it's a beautiful moment but it's it is a little bit undercut by that yeah. we we live to undercut the beautiful moments with with stuff like that um but then we go on to a butt bucket woman and her man and um the man now has a button stuck in his nose and Mark goes, oh, hold on. We can do this without surgery. It's fine. And he has the guy plug one nostril, put a basin underneath the nose, and then puts one of the um like masks that they use to push oxygen and air into a patient's lungs over the guy's mouth, squeezes the bag, the thing shoots out of the nostril into the basin. It's like, wow, that's a very creative way to, way to do it. Yep. And then... um. As they're walking away, he asks Hale to get them a psych consult. Uh, after that, Benton is doing more of his uh, his his Carla duties. Is that what, <laughs> whatever. His Papa duties. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, but he runs into Jackie at the supermarket, and they have a yay, Jackie. Yeah, we get some Jackie. So having an, a bit of an honest conversation. 
I go with the turkey tetrazzini. Hey, Jackie, how you doing? What are you doing here? I'm shopping. What does it look like? In the middle of the afternoon? I took today off. And your scrubs? Peter, you never take a day off. Well, actually, I had to leave. Carla needed me. Is she all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just needs to stay off her feet. Ooh, boy, are you in trouble. What, it's just for today. Her sister couldn't make it. Yeah, you may think it's just for today, but a pregnant woman needs a lot of help. When I was pregnant with Steve and I had walk cooking and doing the laundry. Jackie is crazy, I'm telling you. I mean, it's like she's a different woman, you It's know? just the hormones, honey. <laughs> no, one time, <laughs> Walt switched the channel in the middle of Oprah. I chased him out of the house with a croquet mallet. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm losing it. I'm so proud of you, Peter. Taking a day off to help her out like this? Will you be able to take off more time from the hospital? I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Well, start thinking. Who's Carla going to depend on if you're not around? Yeah. Come on. Let's go down to the baby section. You've got a lot to learn. I've missed Jackie. Yes. And uh, Benton having to rework his schedule for his family will definitely become a recurring theme as the baby is born and we get I mean, we it's, move it's, along. It was already sort of a recurring theme anyway. Back in season one, he was shifting things around for Mama That's Benton. That's true. But they kind of took a break from it for a season or so. And now we're back in the same, yeah. same boat. But now I'm, I'm now I'm just saying like now this is like this is his oh arc yeah this is for the remainder for the rest of his time on the show for the remainder of the sh- his yeah I have two things now one so that's what I was alluding to earlier is that Jackie's like oh it's just hormones she'll be back to normal fine pregnant women are just crazy two I love how she's like oh I had Walt doing laundry and cooking <laughs> or whatever it was it's like oh no oh no. Men can't do laundry or cook under normal circumstances. Yeah, this is still the 90s, you know. Like, legally speaking, this is... <laughs> On network yeah. television, oh, you, cannot, you cannot portray uh, adult males as being functional. As being willing Willingly to do those things yes. without, like, extreme duress. <laughs> and I also think the hormones thing is a little bit of a cop-out. Like, yeah, it just, yeah. you know, she's... You're giving, you're giving Carla entirely too much credit there with the, uh, with the hormone explanation. Someone who's being straight up manipulative. Yep. Um, Then we have Carrie and Carol working on a gentleman who got stabbed with an ice pick. And Carrie has Carol do the assessment while the other nurses undress him. Like she goes to cut cut his jeans off or whatever. And she's like, no, the other nurses can do that. You come help me do the assessment. Um, And she decides that Carol is going to intubate the guy under her guidance. Carol does it expertly, but that's still really not okay. Um... And then, as as they're done, I think it's Chuni says to Carol, like, oh, it looks like Carrie got a new pet. HR, we need an adult. We need several adults. So then we go from there back to Mark uh, talking with uh, Nina, who has come down to be the site consult for the uh, Bucket Couple, uh, who claim that they are clinical researchers on creative problem solving and emergency responses. So is this, are we recycling the plot from season one with the guy who was like, I'm conducting a study on hospital, blah, blah, blah. But he was actually a psych patient. Yeah. Like they don't actually spell it out that they're psych patients. They, they let them go. Um, but it's sort of, you know, new coat of paint on the same, same idea. 
uh, he, uh, I believe it's it's uh, Harry Shearer's character who says, uh, you may even be contacted by HRC, which I have never once heard Hillary Clinton referred to. I've heard Hillary Clinton referred to by a lot of unsavory names, but I've never heard her referred to as HRC, like as a like the way people refer to AOC now. Like it's, it was a new new thing. Listeners from the 90s, tell us if that was a thing that like people routinely referred to Hillary as HRC back then. Um, but in any event, they they uh, they claim that they're being funded by the highest levels of government. So, and this is a really fun little C plot patient thing here. Like, yeah. I, I do think it is a good use of Harry Shearer and, by extension, Julie Haggerty. Like, they do a good job. Yeah. Harry Shearer confirms the Illuminati. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we have another, more some more audio for you. Uh, into the final like third of the episode or so uh carter's out by the river when uh, doyle shows up what are you doing down here hiding me too you're a smoker a secret smoker don't tell anyone so who died what why the long face benson falsified a chart to cover his ass you're kidding Got to take a patient history. Patient almost died from an allergic reaction. Anspaugh must have roasted his butt for that. I didn't tell him. You didn't? Would you have? Hell yeah. And changing a chart's unethical, not to mention illegal. Surgeons don't rat on each other. It's like the Marines. All for one and one for all. That's the three musketeers. <laughs> you know what I mean. Hey, you gotta be a, you gotta be a team player. Anspaugh gave me that lecture last week. I think you're scared. Doyle's white knighting again. Yeah, Doyle takes up this cause very hard in the last third Ooh, of this boy, episode. Does she. But I also want to note that Carter looks so grown up in that shot. Like this is a clear departure from little baby Carter just in the last shot before they transition. Yeah, I think scenes. we're. Like, I, I, oh. I would say I think probably by the end of this season like starting with season four uh in earnest i think i think you yep. have, we will have seen the last of baby carter by the end of this season I mean, he's pretty much been a different guy this season already right uh, than he was the previous two seasons but um i think we are seeing like the death rattles of baby carter here i think we are going to get full on john carter md by the start of next season yep um but then from there, we have Mark and Nina joking about those patients and just how bonkers they were. Um, and Carol tells Carrie that she can't put a drunk patient in the room that Andrea is currently grieving in with Joel. And Carrie says, if you're going to be a med student, you've got to stop thinking like a nurse, to which Carol replies, well, I'm not a med student yet. Ooh, burn. Very true. Very true. Very true. Like Carrie needs that reminder. Yeah. And uh, Carter and Doyle are working on a. Is this is this in the trauma room? Yes. Yeah. They're examining down it. Yeah. Uh, Carter and Doyle are in the trauma room examining a patient who fell off a scaffold and did a belly flop onto a Volvo. Is probably going to need some form of bowel surgery. And uh, Dale and Anspa show up because she had already because Doyle had already called for a surgical consult before Carter showed up, um, just because he was down there. And Doyle asks if Dale has any new for information for Anspa about the patient from earlier and gives Carter several chances to rat on Dale and but Carter does not and Doyle is none too thrilled about that what who so obviously 
Dale sucks the most in this situation in a, in yeah. a vacuum. But in this particular scene here, I feel like you have a team Carter and a team Doyle. And whose side of the argument do you come down on in this particular element of this situation? Obviously, Dale is wrong and needs to be called out on it. I'm not arguing that. But I'm just saying in this particular interaction and the way she handled it, how do we come down on it? Doyle v. Carter. Carter. Am, yeah, Carter. I was going to say, I'm Carter because of the method that Doyle is choosing yes. to implement I agree, 100%. here. 100%. Doyle acts kind kind of like, like a petulant child here. Yeah. And that and she's also not in his department. She doesn't know what else is right. going on. She could picture. also she could also yeah. be potentially be digging Carter a deeper hole here because the way she phrases it is like, well, Carter was saying blah 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 blah, and it's like, well, then he's already in the, in the shit house with Anspa. You're gonna get him even further into it by now. He's running around blabbing about surgical, you know, surgical suite stuff with non-surgical people. So, like, you're not going to do anybody any good here. It's, it's again, going back to her, like, Doug Light persona where she just takes on these causes <laughs> and doesn't seem to consider the consequences of any of the people or things around her. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about Doyle yet. I still feel like we need, we need a little bit more time to marinate with this character before. She, as of right now, her self-righteousness rubs me the wrong way. In the same way that Doug's did when he was doing that all the time, too. Like, it's just, it's too much. But see, and that's, what's crazy, but. though, is that, I mean, Doug has been really good this season uh, with Carol. Um, and that's going to, that is going to bear fruit as we move forward. But I do feel like that is going to breed more of his White Knight bullshit on the other side. Like, we're, we're definitely, we are, I mean, I know, I know it is. We are definitely going to get a lot more Doug White Knight bullshit before he leaves us mid-season five. But we go right out of that into, uh, Dale uh, Carter confronting Dale in the locker room and Carter with the opening salvo so do they teach forgery at Harvard comes right in with the right get him get him John Uh, and Dale immediately you know gives him the like just sniveling shithead response he's like well you know if this goes on my record my chances at a fellowship are zilch and you know he basically tries to like bribe Carter and is like I'll do whatever you want like just like let's just forget this ever happened blah 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 and carter to his credit is like dude i don't want to have anything to do with you if you ever try anything like this again i'll bury you and it's obviously yes the ideal outcome in this situation would be that he would you know rat on dale directly to the source um but it is still i think a little bit of a growth moment for carter here that he does stand up for himself to a degree uh, and, it, and it's also a really um, this really distills my my position on Dale that Dale is just the, the dark side Carter like he is just he's just John Carter mm-hmm. evil um, Nega Carter yeah um, he doesn't really serve any other purpose as a character I don't think but but yeah I'm, I'm proud of Carter in this moment um, and then we transition over Mark has saved his ass a little bit uh, made up for some of his oopsies. He's talking to Rachel's brownie troop in the ER and showing them the defibrillation paddles. And then he takes them up to the lab to go look at, uh, what is it, blood smears yeah, under a, a microscope? Yeah, look at blood cells. Blood cells under a microscope. So um, Rachel gives him a little thumbs up and then everybody goes upstairs and um, he walks out of the room and Nina applauds his creativity and agrees to go on a bowling date with him doing kind of a little double date with the two of them and then both their daughters coming along, which seems like as somebody who was a child, like of divorced parents, whose parents dated, 
my mom didn't even tell us that she was dating my stepdad for a year. And the only reason we found out was because my sister caught her getting dropped off from a date. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel like, especially for because this would be they never went on the date the last time they were going to go on a date. So this yeah, is their this is their and first their date. First I do feel date. like that's going to send some really strange yeah. messages to their kids. So like somebody because like I was maybe ten when we met my stepdad. So like, yeah, the idea of being younger than that and being like. And I mean, I was younger than that when I met some of my dad's girlfriends and like all of a sudden, you know, the potential for them to just not be in your life one day as a kid, you don't get that like you would as an adult. So this just seems nuts to me. Crazy. But then after that tonal shift, we see Andrea getting ready to leave and thanking Carol for giving her time. So very sweet closure to that sequence. And uh, we get a little, and we get some closure to the Carter and Doyle side of things here. Uh, Carter's practicing with a laparoscopic, laparoscopic machine of some training machine of some sort in the break room. But when uh, Doyle comes in, oh, you think I'm a coward? Who am I to say? I'm not a surgeon. You guys got your own rules. Or maybe that's just a load of crap, and I'm hiding behind it. I don't know what to do. Maggie, maybe you should talk to another surgeon. Yeah, right. They're all so empathetic. There's got to be somebody whose judgment you trust. You think I should talk to Benton? I would. How about a Heine? Beer. I keep a couple in the back for when I get off work. You know, you're great. So are you. Seriously. You're honest. You're funny. You're beautiful. I don't suppose that you. Not a chance. Cheers. Cheers. I love how he recovers <laughs> from that. Like that's how that's how you accept getting rejected. Yeah. That's how you do it. Very graceful in his rejection. We love we love to see it. Mm. Cheers. His little face, and she's like, okay, worth a shot. Was it, though? He knew she was gay. Like, for no, by 90s standards. Okay, yeah, by 90s. Yes, okay. A shot. On a she 90s be, curve, she, you're absolutely right. And, and she could be bisexual. Yeah, I was going to say, she could be bisexual. She never explicitly says, hey, I'm a Fair lesbian. Enough. Right. She just she said just she had dated screams, a woman. She just screams it off with every signal she ever sends, <laughs> ever. But Keeping but beers in the never, fridge. Yeah, she never explicitly says that she's and a lesbian. And I would also like to, to point out, too, that of all of the characters in the entire run of the show that they ever try to pretend for even a second that Carter might have chemistry with, I would like to nominate Maggie Doyle as the absolute bottom of the list. Like, well, good thing it never happened. No, but as I'm saying, like (laughs) the fact that they would even attempt it to me is just like, but why? Like (laughs) today I learned people ship Benton and Carter. So that fucked me up. I could see that. Yeah. I I could see it. I I could see that. I can't. No. I, what I what I absolutely no. under no circumstances can see is Carter and Doyle. Like, uh, no, no. I mean, it's hard to imagine Doyle with anyone other than a revolver, but <laughs> especially, especially not Carter. Like, it just doesn't work. But in any event, we we go over and get the resolution on uh, Jerry's mouse hunt this episode. Uh, he's 
yelling at Genie for cutting open his trap. And just as just as they're gonna about to get into it over this trap, Wendy screams and knocks a tray onto the mouse uh, that's running across the floor of the room. Uh, and they do they so the tray lands on the mouse. They think the mouse is dead, but Genie is like, I did a rotation or I did like an internship or something at a veterinary clinic so she's like i can i think we can save it so she tells jerry to work on quote mouth to mouse resuscitation which made my night it's a so very good. it's a very slick line read to by gloria rubin too she does not dwell on the joke at all like a lesser show would have pointed that out and would have been like hey you see we did a cute thing there mouth to mouse but she just like glides right past it just like she does any other line and it works just so perfectly uh, they use a little tiny peds mask to revive the mouse. And uh, Jeannie informs Jerry that she'll be taking the mouse and will give Jerry a 10% cut of the reward uh, because they did all the work and he just stood there. So, and they do excellent dramatic music over the, like they, they play, they've done this before where they've done like animal related stuff and they treat it like it's a real trauma type of thing. And I just, I, that's a tone that I really enjoy. Now, I believe we touched on this um on the on the kind of pre-show recording but this is wendy's last episode right this is yes this is wendy's last appearance right here God, what a great last it is a good appearance. note to go out on mm-hmm. like what a what a good one what a fun one to go out on but then carter says he'll take benton's charts over tonight so they don't have to hire a messenger to do it because carter benton obviously has to review his charts tonight for work tomorrow um and because Car- Carter wants to go talk to his trusted advisor about what's been going on. He needs some support. And um, Carol talking to Doug about having changed her mind re-med school. And just like she doesn't really she doesn't really seem that into it. We'll hear a little bit more about that later. Uh, Nina and Mark are on their date with their daughters and the daughters are doing a lovely bowling game. I think it's <laughs> two to one. Yep. When Mark is keeping score. Yep. And Nina is so into him right here and i just want to note i really like nina i wish that they had had this one last longer because they've got some good chemistry she knows how to put him in his place like she's sassy i feel like it would have been really cool to see that whole storyline of like two working professionals with um with such young daughters Mm -hmm. and how to do it right compared to mark's first marriage right it's two seasons in a row now. I just, I think it would have been really it's two good. seasons in a row now that they give him a really interesting uh, girlfriend potential at the end of the season and then lose track of her completely. <laughs> like then, the Iris yeah. last season and, and, and she's gone. Uh, Nina this season. It's, you love to see it. And I also want to point out technical note in this uh, thing that I noticed. Uh, so they're, they're sitting across like a little uh, table eating stuff and keeping score or whatever so there's like soda cans littered all over the place and i think there's a diet coke a regular coke and a sprite a couple of sprites uh the mm-hmm. diet coke and the regular coke both are their like correct labels and say diet coke and coca-cola the sprite ones for whatever reason say sprito <laughs> like it's instead of s-p-r-i-t-e it's s-p-r-i-t-o and it's i, I don't know why Jesus. But. Um, and if you don't hate Carla already, just based on what we've already been saying, and if you've watched this episode so far, um, you're going to hate her after this audio clip. One plate of spaghetti marinara al dente. Yes. Just one plate? Yeah. Hospital's sending over some charts, so I got to, uh, go home and prepare for tomorrow's cases. Why don't you do it here? I don't have my books. Well, I'm going to need another shot in an hour. 
Yeah, that's why I taught you how to do it. Fine. Just go home. Look, Carla. Um, honey, I can't be here all the time. You said you wanted to be involved. I am. Sure. On your terms, as always. You ever think about what I need, what I want? You never ask me what I want. Now, what is that supposed to mean? <sighs> Nothing, baby. Look, just, just drop it. Uh-uh. You never wanted this baby. What are you talking about? I didn't say that. No, but that's what you meant. Just go home, because I don't need you here doing me no damn favors. What? Hey, Carla. It's for you. Carter, what are you doing here? Let's get and drop these by. Oh, thank you. Good night, Carter. Poor Carter. So much for that Came one. For spiritual or you know professional guidance, and just gets shut down. And I also, I, I the only good thing Carla does this entire episode is is like dismiss Carter at the door. <laughs> like he, she opens the door. Yeah. Hi, Carter. Oh, hi, Carter. And she's like, it's for you, and leaves. Yeah, I I love uh, how I love how Benton's like. Yeah, that's why I told you how to do it. Yeah, she's level level ten sucks in this episode she is awful yeah and the most offensive thing of this entire scene is the fact that uh her pasta is cooked al dente uh which basically is italian for undercooked like it's like firm to the bite is the is this what we're gonna do we're gonna fight you cook it until it's done cooked like it's till it, it's what is it? no you un i'll say you undercook it a little bit so that way it as it the carryover heat as you're saucing it and what? preparing it Carry is over, this a Chicago cooks thing? A little, cooks a little more, and then it comes a, out perfect. No, this is a Lizzie's. No, this is a Lizzie's Italian this is, thing. I yeah. feel like it's a Chicago because we've established through the group chat that Chicago is just the like dumbest version of every food item. Like it's like how weird can we make every single food item? Hot dogs, pizza. Like. Wow. <laughs> we we are never treating you to Manny's ever again. Wow. Stay in Minnesota. I say this from the bottom of my soul. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Can we get can we get Chicago dogs this weekend? Absolutely, we can get right. notice, Chicago dogs. Notice Fuck I you, didn't Daniel. Say they were the worst version of anything. I just said they were the weirdest. Like, no, you said well, stupidest. Stupidest. Yeah, stupidest, you said the stupidest. Ten to six yeah. to one half dozen the other. No, there's we're, a difference there. We're gonna send you so many pictures of us That's eating fine. our delicious Chicago dogs this weekend. What was it that Jake said? Um, it's a salad, salad with a bread holders. It's yeah, salad on a bun. Oh, it's so good. I, I he didn't even know what a Chicago dog was. But, but, no, I'll put it this way. As far as cooking pasta in this household goes, I just let Lizzie do it because I know if I do it any other way, they're going to be like, this is not right. So I just let Lizzie cook our pasta. If we're eating it together. <laughs> yes. Um, you can commit all the pasta atrocities you want. and I commit lots of kitchen atrocities that I don't make you eat. That's true. But, um, but yeah, fuck Carla. That's uh... <laughs> the thesis of this episode. So, I'm curious, though. Any listeners, feel free to prove us wrong. Like, talk us out of this. If you've carried a child and this is, like, on point for how you felt during your pregnancy, please tell us because I feel like this is a gross oversimplification of, oh, she's nuts because she's pregnant. If Yeah, if that's truly what they were trying to get across here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, so please, please tell us if we're wrong. We do not mind being corrected. Um, Unless but yeah. when it comes to Chicago food. Then we then we care. Well, no, because we're right and Daniel's wrong. Exactly. So that's, that's different. Um, but then Carol goes to join the nurses night out at the, at one of the local bars and they're all shooting pool and stuff. And Carol comes up to join them and Carol's basically just says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to nursing. Like that's, that's what I do. And Hale is so proud that Carol is sticking with nursing. Like mama Hale is just like the look on her face yeah. almost makes this episode half worth like, it. Like they were ready to just not have anything to do with her. For yeah. the rest of her like, days. Like, they didn't even invite her to Nurse's Night Out. She just showed yeah. up because she knew where it was. Just even at the, this, the, even just at the scent that she might go to med school. Not even, like, the full-blown telling that, oh, yeah, she's going to go to med school. Just, like, they got a whiff that she may go to med school. Right. And then, like, because you look at how much they froze her out a little bit with the manager thing. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if she had just gone the doctor route. Hmm. But the click stays intact. Yep. And this episode sucked. Yep. I- I hesitate to say that it sucked. It has good, um, it has good things in it. Like Jerry it, and Jeannie is really good. Uh, Bucket Lady, that whole subplot, pretty good. Uh, even Carol and the mother, I think, is a good little. I the, the things in this episode that suffer are Benton and Carla. Benton and Carla is really the the most egregious example of it. Is of just like it, it just doesn't work on any level. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you would fix it. You know what I mean? Like I, a lot of times just, there's a very clear way to fix it. And I just don't, they're just a bad pairing. Like whatever chemistry they had is long gone. It's, and so it's just, it doesn't work. And they just, they erase whatever character they could have built Carla to be. Like the fact that she was like a great chef that owns yeah. her own restaurant. And that's just thrown out the window. Yeah. For she's right, nuts yeah. and pregnant. They, they turn yeah. her into somebody who's completely dependent and a, a harpy. Yeah. Just, that that is definitely a black eye on this episode that you can't erase. Um, but no, this this episode's sloppy. Good word. Yes, I would agree with that. Sloppy. Okay. So it's it was sloppy enough that we got done with it, and I was like, I didn't like that episode. I'm still excited to talk yeah, about because- it this week. Because we always have fun, but like I, I this is one that I am okay yeah, never looking, revisiting looking ever at the again. Season, uh, as a whole, this was one I had like circled because I was like, oh, we get to like talk about the resolution of the Carol almost becoming a doctor storyline. That feels significant. That right. feels like something we should remember and something we should right. you know commemorate. And it's just kind of not like. And I get that part of that is because it it is sort of functionally an abandoned storyline it's one that they were they yeah it's a non-starter yeah, they wanted to do something and then thought better of it which we've talked about earlier in the episode we agree with that was the right choice but it does sort of leave this episode kind of without a central focus and without a central plot that matters like because i don't i don't think even if i was and watching I, this first run i don't think that i would have believed that carol was ever going to go through with it so i don't know right and i think I think the other thing, too, is we all played ourselves last week by being like, oh, shit, next episode's the episode. Like, oh, my God, and we're done with, se- no, with I, mid-season I knew... filler, and it's about to ramp. I I didn't. I played myself. I yeah. amped myself up. And then to come into this, I was like, oh, I, I knew it was. Okay, I, I know what you're thinking this. of, and that is next week, and that is the episode, um, yep. which is we should definitely be excited about that. But, like. I still was excited about this episode. I was I was under the impression that we were done with the filler and that this was going to be. And I, I do think I, I hesitate to call this filler 
This is an episode that should mean more than it does, but just doesn't. You know what I mean? It's fillish. Yeah, like, it's an episode that I don't think ever has a chance because of the fact that they abandoned the storyline, uh, the Carol storyline. If they had gone through with that or or had even just like dragged it out a little bit more, teased it out a little bit more, done more with it, this episode might have more significance. It's not an episode that's designed to be... There's some episodes you can tell from looking at it from the beginning, this is designed to be a filler episode. This is because they had to do 22 of these fucking things and they were just like, punt this week. Like, we just got to get through it. This, I don't think, was an episode that was designed to be filler. I think you're you're supposed to feel something from this episode and you just don't because, like Lauren said, it's sloppy. So, Like, you're right. It does have some great components. Like, the Jerry and Jeannie beats mm-hmm. are great. Um, stuff like that. Like, there are pieces of it that in a maybe better paced or better aligned episode, it it could have mm-hmm. been a B plus. With it the way it stands right now, it's a C minus yeah. for I think me. That's fair. Tops. Which is weird because I usually don't feel this strongly against an episode, but this one just so did not do it for me. It's fine. Six out of ten. I don't care about it. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> Lizzie so doesn't care to where they're just gonna give us a number and read our credits. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Don't think so. Like you fuck s- Carla. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> fuck Carla. That needs to be said at the top. That's that she's replaced Shep as the uh, fuck this character of this season. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Lauren is absolutely right though. Next week is the episode to look forward to. Next week has so much jam packed into it. We get a new character joining us. We get um probably the signature ma- major uh, event of the latter half of season three. Um. We we get uh, we we talked about this in our interview with Lynn Alicia Henderson uh, a while back. She gets some shine next episode. Is that this episode? That's the that's this, this one coming up. Yeah, because we we mentioned that in an interview with her. We were like, oh, it's so cool that you got this episode where you got that's to do right. extra stuff, and then it's immediately overshadowed like ten minutes later when Green gets shit kicked out of him. But yeah, spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, you've watched the show before. You know what's up. All right, well, that's fucking wrap up our episode for today, folks. Thank you all very much for listening, as always. The show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash the tone podcast. For only a dollar a month, you can get access to our show notes each week, and for only $5 a month, you can get access to the full season recap episodes, a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry, and two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews. Also, once our stretch goals are met, you'll get access to a monthly bonus show called The Lounge, where we'll talk about whatever's going on for us in our lives and pop culture in that moment as well as monthly monthly movie reviews where we watch a movie featuring an ER cast member and pick it apart. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, And we are at SayingTheTonePodcast on Instagram. Our theme music, as always, is provided to us by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. And Daniel, where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at Dan.U. That is Y-O-U dot E-L. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And you can also, uh, and Laura, welcome folks find you. I was like, yeah, you forget me. Shut up. Um, <laughs> you can find me on my Twitter at lobob92345. And I have also been roped into the popular court conglomerate of YouTube videos. I have played some big mom energy, uh, animal crossing streams that are much more chill and casual than any of the insanity that Lizzie and Jake have put on the channel so far. So if and- you, if you want to see my face, and hear me talk about Animal Crossing for an hour, check those out. Yeah, popularcourt.com, uh, excuse me, not popularcourt.com, jeez, I wish, uh, youtube.com slash thepopularcourt, uh, whereas you can also find me uh, doing a Let's Play of Spider-Man, The City That Never Sleeps, the DLC from the 2018 game. 
uh, with new episodes of that every Friday. You can also find me on Twitter. I am at Random Gamer. That's JM3R. And Jake and I have a have a special project in the works for the Popular Courts. Uh, you can what you'll be able to find once it's released on the Popular Courts uh, podcast feed. So, so go over and subscribe to them. And thank you again very much for listening. And please join us again next time. And have a great week. Thank you.